Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Picardian. Garrett Brandon, down in Nashville. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We're thrilled to death that you are listening to our show. And we have uh, a guest in-house right now. In-house? Yes, go ahead. Rob Chase. You're not, like, really a guest. You're just a person that keeps showing up. I just keep showing up at random times. Yes, Rob Chafe of Mad Cow Amplification on Instagram. If uh, you want to see somebody just get really angry about amplifiers and stuff, then go check it out. It's great fun. But more important than you, Rob. No offense, Rob, wow. but more important than you, okay, vastly, okay, okay. vastly more important hey, than hey, you, hey, 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 easy. is our guest on the phone. Guest, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, konnichiwa. It's uh, Chris-san. Uh, Chris Gill. <laughs> uh, hey. Hi. Wow. Uh, uh, can uh, can uh, we no, do no, the no whole speak. show in Japanese? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not prepared. <laughs> yeah, Jared, he's I'm not prepared. <laughs> my Google Translate's not fast enough. <laughs> His microwave just turned on. I don't know what happened. Anyways. Um, all right. So uh, that's all I know, Chris. I can't, <laughs> I can't do any more than that. I'm out. I'll, just, I'll, I don't know that many words I know enough to like make people smile, I think. And I don't know if they're smiling at me because they think I'm a jackass or... <laughs> Because yeah. they truly appreciate the gesture. So <laughs> they might. We're gonna have such fun tonight because Chris is back for show two and a half because he oh, shared yeah. the first one. That's right. That we had him back to talk about uh uh understanding uh vintage Japanese pedals, yep. which was really cool. Yep. And you know, Chris has a great understanding of gear in Japan. In fact, the the thing that we're gonna discuss was his trip to Japan. Uh all about guitar shops, the guitar culture, etc. We're mm. going to deep dive into that. Um, so very, very excited. And Chris is a wealth of information. Um, Chris, uh, the, the, sh- the the brief show notes. We're going up to floor five. We're on floor one. What what are you known for? Oh well, I'm known as a writer. You know, that's pretty much what I've been doing since. Oh my gosh, wow. I think it's been thirty years now. Well over thirty years. Just over thirty years. Uh, guitar journalist, you know, Guitar Player Magazine initially, then Guitar World for many years, and actually still to this day, I contribute to them uh, from time to time. A few interviews, do regular product reviews for them, wrote the book Conversations with Eddie Van Halen, Eruption Conversation with Eddie, uh, let me say that again, Eruption Conversations with Eddie Van Halen, which I co-wrote with, with Brad Talinsky about two years ago, mm-hmm. um, you know, working on another book, which I can't say anything about right now, but when the time is right, I'll, I'll be sure to let everyone know. Absolutely. Is it uh, to- uh, discussions with Todd? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Let down. Conversations <laughs> with Todd. <laughs> 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 complete but, complete um, waste of time. Yes. <laughs> also, just a crazy guitar collector. Um, I don't know if I last time I think it was I don't I think I'm around 150 guitars, Ooh, uh, nice. plus amplifiers, 500 plus effects pedals, and continually growing. Yes. Um, where's your Where's so, your house? Yes. <laughs> and what's the security code? Yes, yes. It's a, it's a hidden bunker uh, in Colorado exactly. in the mountain. Uh, in a bunker. Uh, excellent. Well, yes. So needless to say, Chris is well-versed in, in the uh, language of guitar. So um, it's going to be great fun. So uh, we got a full house. Let's get rolling here. We need to just uh, do a quick announcement. The big announcement, I think, this week is we're officially... 
We officially have an Airbnb for Nam. Yes, we do. For January. Yes, we do. And joining us again is going to be the great, the wonderful uh, Oakland-based Johnny Morales ah, yes, from Oakland he Guitars, is. who was with Beautiful. us last time. He's a great dude, and uh, he said, "Hey, if you guys are going to do it, I'm in." So we're there, and we're actually hope to see you all there. We're media representatives. We are media representatives. <laughs> this is <laughs> amazing. You got badges. Yeah. We no, got media badges. Just ha- it's just which is yeah. a little card that says press oh. that we have to put it in says our press. Hat. Oh, yeah. Just think if you knew that you could get media ba- badges for all these years. I know. I know. <laughs> well, you know, live and learn. Now you yeah, can sure. get. Now you guys can get ignored like I do. So oh, perfect. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna dress up like his girl Friday. I'll get into anything. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> that's a deep cut from. In and out on it. Anyways, yeah. okay. Um, that was the main announcement. We have too much stuff. I don't want to get stuck on that. Don't Let's get stuck get on all it. going on with what is in our music world this week. Tanya Bolonsky is going to start us off. Then we're going to check in with Chris. Okay. Well, Tanya, um, go ahead. Should I start now? Yes, please. Is now a good time to go? Yeah. Okay, then I will. Um, I'm waiting. This, uh, I don't have a lot to talk about, but I, I do have an interesting... <laughs> What? <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, but uh, but I I wanted to run it past the panel here. Um, so I have a, a a a friend who's a musician and a and a guitar shop owner, Mark Chatfield. You know him. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Mark called me today and said, "Hey, I want I've got a Firebird one that I want the the pickup just sounds like crap. It's a min, sing, you know, one pickup mm-hmm, mini humbucker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He wants to put a P ninety in it." <clears throat> That's kind of sacrilege, isn't it? Well, it's kind of sacrilege, isn't it? <laughs> not really, because I mean, many of the some of the Firebird ones uh, did have a P90, although the original series had just a, a mini humbucker so, or a Firebird well, pickup. So, what is a Firebird one like? Is that is has that been Firebird made? one is wraparound bridge with a um, so it's like a special kind of like a junior yeah like oh, a junior, junior special yeah. enormous okay. body. And were, is this a vintage piece or is it? It's a newer one. Okay. So, um, so as I explained to Mark, he wants to. He, well, we're going to get together tomorrow, and he's going to bring it in, and I. Just wanted to go over the options because its body is routed for a mini humbucker right now, which isn't too far off from dropping in uh, because he wants to put a dog ear mm, in it too. Okay. Yeah. Um, so basically, the opening's like a soap bar P90 that you know we'll just route that out a little bit there. Yeah, if it was a vintage, well, and Mark wouldn't do it if it was a vintage piece either. Mm, is he I, trying to resell it I, or just I've drilled some holes personal self? I think he's just going to use this one. Because he's routed he's, out, he's got a couple of other, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he probably will. I, I just drilled yeah. some holes in a vintage Marshall for him, so okay, so well, he will. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> if, he, if he wants it, he's like whatever. Yeah, gotta be is, functional. This is <laughs> the, you know, and, and I tried to talk him in. I said, have you tried you know like an overwound, you know, mini humbucker or Firebird? Yeah, they sound so nah. different. Than a and, and, and and he didn't like yeah. it. So he, but he likes. He's got another Firebird one that has a P90 in it yeah. that he likes, and that's what he wants. That's so that's what, what wants, we're gonna yeah. do. So, uh, but I just thought I'd run it past the panel. I mean, what do you? Th- I mean, I, if that's, I mean, if that's sound you're going after, and that's the guitar. Yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, the only reason that I think I would ever pause on that is if I wasn't sure I was gonna keep the guitar, because mm. obviously, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, once you do that, you're mm, yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> right. So so you gotta you gotta go around 14k on a mini humbucker and a bridge just to get a warm enough sound to be able to stand it. 
mm-hmm. uh, on, a, on a mini or a, or a Firebird. Okay, so and that's that's the deal there. Jared, do they um, or I, well, I know you've you know made uh, loads and loads of P90s. Is there a P90 you know, that I know that P90s can go into into like you know you can put a P90 into like a humbucker uh, housing Casing. and I was yeah. wondering that you know too because I, mean? I know Lawler makes P90s in other yeah is that formats a thing, Jared? And sizes like P90 into a mini humbucker size. No, I don't think you could do it. In you, a you won't get the sense. sound. It you've got to have the large structure. Got it. to get the P90 sound. Okay, yeah. and even the the uh, P90 and a humbucker casing. Yeah, don't exactly sound the mm-hmm. same. Okay, yeah. they have about the same amount of windings, but the but the bobbin itself is smaller. Yeah, it has to be smaller to fit in some, it, under a, a cover. Got it. So we we now sell a pickup called a P90DC, and it has. We being Gibson. Let's just clarify that. Yeah. Gibson sells a pickup called P90DC. It's got new coils, um, neodymium magnets, and it sounds really good. Uh, So if he even wanted a noiseless humbucker sound with a P90 look. Does it actually actually sound like a P90? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, you have to judge for yourself, but yeah, Yeah. they do sound pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I was intrigued. I saw those come up, whatever, they announced them, what, three, six months ago? I saw that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Lindy Fralin has a similar design. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one that I've I've put in a lot of my single pickup P90 yeah, guitars. Yeah, so, they sound pretty They good. sound, that's about as close as you can get. I want the yeah. noise, man. I, I don't like standing like, in front. I don't like the noise. Man, when you're playing live and it's just, it's like nothing and then something. D- depends on what you're doing, <laughs> man. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, anyway, not so, for you. On today's you're playing show. like the Moody Blues and stuff. Yeah, yeah right. So the consensus, <laughs> the consensus of opinion, do it, do, do it. it. Why not? Yeah, if it's a new one, definitely not. If it's a super old one, just sell no. the guitar. Because if yeah, I mean, do it. Uh, you know, whatever. Do it. Okay. So you're gonna do Tell a template Mark, or anything? Or you're just gonna go free form, like you know, with a hand drill and. Oh, I thought I would just get a, 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 a just chisel. a screwdriver. Yeah, and I mean, a, you, and I'm a sure hammer. you've seen those before. Where people, yeah, my buddy did this for me. It's like holy crap! Yeah. Now, yeah. now, now, Chris, blowtorch my buddy. How many Firebirds do you have? Uh, you know, I don't have a proper Firebird. Oh. I have an ESP version of the Firebird. Oh. It's called the Phoenix, I believe. Those are really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A, yep. It's a cool guitar, still um, not not really an official neck through, but kind of that you know semi you know that super smooth peel. So it's like a neck through, anyways. Yeah. But um, that's the cl- I've always wanted a Firebird, but I have never found the one. Mm-hmm. So yep. got it. Yeah. All right. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm um, more of an explorer guy, right to be there. honest. I mean, I, I have several yeah. explorers, and that's that's more my jam. So. Yeah, yeah, I think the I, I think the Explorer is a little more comfortable to play too. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Chris, what's going on in your music world? Oh well, besides trying to painfully work on this book, which we don't, Brad and I don't have a um, any any contract or, or agreement for yet, so we're working on that. Um, just been reviewing products and kind of just detoxing from my, my trip overseas. Yeah. Uh, it took a while to recover from that. Um, thanks to United, um, dude, that killed. I had a I had a stretch that I was awake for 36 hours oh, coming home. So, wow. So that was really yeah, fun. Yeah, and I ended up we, for that. We just <laughs> short story here, but we landed in Newark, you know, airport at like two in the morning and our car service 
lied to us and said that, oh, yeah, a car will be there in 15 minutes. We waited 15 minutes, no car. Then he told us, oh, we don't have any drivers. Um, So I I looked over at the taxi line and they were just like rust buckets, you know, just like the worst of the worst taxis. And I said, I'm not riding a taxi home at three in the morning in one of these cars. So I called up, you know, got an Uber. Um, guy was really stoned. He drove like about 20 miles an hour under the speed limit. <laughs> oh, um, car was bombed with this cherry car freshener oh. stuff oh, that, man. that infiltrated our suitcases and our clothes and that dissipated after about a month. But anyways, but, um, yeah, just, I've been reviewing products as usual. Um, kind of, you know, enjoying, I mean, it's just, we're in such a, crazy golden era i think of gear manufacturing where there's just so much stuff is just good yeah uh, i don't really get bad products that much anymore and it's I'm, i always look at something and go like oh i don't know if i'm gonna really dig this or not i'm like i'm actually pleasantly surprised that's awesome um can yeah. you share with us maybe one of the most recent great surprises that you're able to talk about Oh, well, just today, um, I, I wrote up a review for the, the Donner Hush X. It's like a travel guitar. Oh. And I just thought, this thing is so minimalistic. It's smaller than a Steinberger. It has these metal, you know, frame things that kind of uh, kind of clip on to either side. Um, it sounded pretty damn good. Yeah. Like, nice. you think that there's, it's, it's just basically like a neck, you know, and it folds down and fits into a thing that looks like, you know, one of those things to carry around a, a, a two piece pool cue, you know, a little, little gig bag. It's a tiny little thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking this isn't going to sound any good. And it sounded like, wow. I said, if I did a blind test, if somebody was playing this in, in a full size solid body guitar, I don't think I could tell the difference. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And those and aren't, those aren't, well. those aren't terribly expensive to either. Yeah. 400 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you are traveling a lot and that's you know, that that's a good that's a good deal. Yeah, I was just I was I was really surprised it wasn't a compromise. It, at least it wasn't as much of a compromise as I thought it would be. I mean, it really I, I, I will say it wasn't a compromise. It sounded good. The only thing I could say is that the it had a humbucker and a single coil, and the single coil was really more of a middle position than a neck position, and that's mm-hmm. because of where they placed this cover for the truss rod Got adjustment it. nut. So uh, that was my only real beef about it. it was like, yeah, it would have been nice to have it more in more of a neck position, especially when you just have the two pickups. Got it. Excellent. So, well, that's that cool. That's cool. All right, Rob Chafe, what's going on in your yes. music world? Um, well, I'm still playing around with a bunch of pedals, mm. comparing, contrasting different Klon clones, which Todd has brought in a few yeah, for I me really to wish try. you'd do video on that. We were going to do it, and it's like, I, I just, my life is. Yeah, too who's, to who's got time? Right who's got time to do the video, edit it, and then answer the you questions do. that everybody's going to follow up with? You do. No, no, <laughs> I don't know. So, so yeah, so I took three to a gig, and because uh, I couldn't decide which one to bring, so I brought three. Yeah, put them next to my normal pedal board, and could barely tell any difference at all. Because once it's in the soup of the stage, you know, it's like um, right. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, interesting though. But uh, yeah, there were two different you archers. You didn't try them at home. No, of course I did. Oh. But I couldn't, because each one emphasizes a different mid-range character. Yeah. And it's not just clearly better or worse. It's just different. Yeah. And it's like, well, in the mix of everything, which one would I prefer? Yeah. Um, it's two of the archers and then the Ryra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay. Um, well, yeah. and I just gave you a, a, mm-hmm. a little bag of them. And, and something else maybe to consider in, in the differences beyond tone is, uh, I guess, the, uh, the user experience user interface experience so one of those that i gave you 
the sweep on the potentiometer, it's like you, you, if you move it a little bit, it, it changes mm. it a lot. And the other one, you got to move it a lot to change it a little bit, mm-hmm. which is that kind of you know throws things off a little bit. Yeah. So you can't just set everything at like oh, oh I'm no, gonna no, no. check everything at eleven o'clock. Nope. You no, know? no no no. All these I'm 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 using my ears to get them because I kind of know what I'm looking at. Where it's just a little bit of of breakup like from the pedal and a tiny bit of volume boost. Oh man, you gotta go. Not not, not what I'm it, what I'm it, running baby. into is an already pretty darn broken up Marshall front end so it's oh it's already oh yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. this is not going into clean amp now no. okay this is going into my bogner with the gain turned down a bit yeah without the boost on so it's already okay yeah so so well, I know it would I'm be interesting i would be interested to hear what you thought about going through a much cleaner amp and and goosing them and, and hearing what that what they can really do yeah like honestly like i think that'd be really cool to hear your experience with that yeah um I know you're brushing me off on that. But no, that's no, okay. no, no, no. It's just, it's just <laughs> what I'm looking to do with these. It just isn't. If you need what I'm doing like now. a different amp to play through, hmm? I I can loan you. <laughs> I I think I have <laughs> enough, especially clean platforms. Rob not is an a problem. Amp repairman. His house is full of amps. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris, do you have a favorite uh, clone yeah. model? Yeah. A clone uh, model, I, I should say. <laughs> You know, um, I actually I have a clon, so I don't. My really man, want... welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, Jared's I'm, one. I'm, he's got the one pedal. We're in the high rollers <laughs> club here. He sold everything to get that one. I actually, I, I was, I, I was one of the first people to review them um, nice. way back in the mid '90s. Um, so I, I got it when it was, it was it was still expensive back then. It was hard to pay that much money for a pedal. Yeah, for me mm-hmm. back then. But um, I'm glad I did now. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Did, you, uh, oh, wow, did yeah. you ever communicate with Bill Finnegan? Yes, I, I have. I, I talked with him actually quite a bit back in the day. Um, awesome. Now, when clones were starting to get harder to get, all of a sudden uh, he just he stopped answering my emails. Yeah. yeah. So I, I wanted to get another one as a backup mm-hmm. just in case, I and mean, I just I'd never heard back from him. What what model do you have? Uh, I have one of the, the the gold colored ones with the with the horsey, right? You know, on it, Centaur. Yeah. Um, I also have I have a couple of the, the very first um, KTRs too. So gotcha. I, I did get my backups on those. So I got like when they first came out, I went out and got them by hook or crook. Can you tell the difference? It, you know, when it really comes down to it, no. Okay. It, it's very very subtle. I mean, you're really splitting hairs. Right. It's just a collectability um, factor of it's the one collectability. The other. It's kind of the coolness factor. I mean, yeah, the, the original Centaur looks really cool. You know, with the yeah. cast, you know, housing and everything. Um, but yeah, it's like the difference is very negligible. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, thanks, Rob. Looked no to hear back from yep. you on, you on what you got updates. there, uh, Jared. Uh, so I'd like to share an experience that happened, um, a few weeks ago at work. So I work Gibson and I was giving a tour to the pickup shop to our, uh, Japanese dealers. They were in, in town. So I, I thought I'd bring this, uh, story up and, uh, because of, uh, our guest. Yes. Chris guest here. So his story here. So, um. We had the dealers in, and we, there were three different groups. And the building where the pickup shop is in also houses the Reverb. So where we sell our demos on Reverb, 
and that operations in house, and also our mod shop. So you could buy modded uh, Gibsons as well. And there's there's also a classroom area. So we we have several uses for this enormous building. The pickup shop takes up maybe uh, a third of it. So just so bear with me here. So there's three different groups <laughs> yes. going on three different tours. So uh-huh. we're hitting the three different units. Uh-huh. And at, did they have, the did they have speed it, passes? They they did not. Oh, okay. Just so they I didn't get that humor. Just your humor's weird. But anyway, we uh, <laughs> so of course we had it's Disneyland. Yeah. Okay. Go oh, ahead. Man, I know, I know. You're right. So anyway, um, <laughs> it, it was so it was so fantastic. Given given these guys, they were so into it. I've never seen p- these guys so into the pickup shop. And uh, at the end, we had a big Q and A, and um. They did not ask one question about the other two units. They didn't care about the demo thing, didn't talk about the nod thing. All they wanted to drill me on was the greedy buckers. And they just, they took up the whole time. And the other managers and the director that runs the whole building was just like, why are we even here? These, that's all they, they just care about pickups. So I just, I thought it was fantastic. They were, they were, I got to tell you, they they drilled down and drilled down and drilled down, and and they're they're relentless. They're very detail oriented, and um, I also had Japanese customers with my other business that I owned before Gibson, and and they're the same way. So I I have a um, a very high respect for their demand for quality and answers and details. Cool. Um, that that's the Japanese culture. My experience. Are we so. going to see a Japanese knockoff of the Greeny Buckers in about six weeks? <laughs> Probably. I was going to say. Were, were they taking <laughs> lots of detailed notes and asking about exact windings and wire gauges? And <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of the specs are published online, but yeah, I didn't. I I acted like I gave Uh-oh. them more. I acted like I gave them more, you know, but I, I yeah. don't give any information that's not public. A really fun, fun group, man. I had a, I had a blast. I would, if one of them sneezed, I would uh, get the Google Translate and say, bless you. And, and, uh, and it would, you know, say, bless you in a really long Japan. Set. So when the interpreter <laughs> was telling them what I'm talking about, what I'm saying, Yes. I would say a short sentence and the interpreter would go on and on. And I looked over at uh, Tara, one of the managers, I said, Tara, I didn't say that much. <laughs> he, was, he was talking about lunch. Tony asked me what's going on. Yeah. Tony asked me what's going on. Uh, oh, uh, is it Todd? Is that yes. your name? Yes, oh, yes. What's, what's happening in your music well, world Well, I week? had a very interesting thing happen uh, because, because? Uh, it's, it's a follow-up from the Hello Sailor amp. Oh, yes. So I, I mentioned that I replaced the speaker. Yes, right? you did. I remember. So everybody's you going, that. yeah, yeah, Todd, don't yeah. cover that again. Well, I'm not. <gasps> kind of. Sort of. It. So. Oh no. This is it's it's so neat. I I'm tickled. I'm tickled pink about it. Yes. Ooh, so I got this pink. Here. I got this pink speaker. Nice. It is uh, the uh, hippopotamus, um, by way of hippopotamus, I should say. Yes. And so. Just a uh, uh, a little bit of history. The amp itself is a '40s, 1940s film sound uh, projector amplifier that's been converted, uh-huh. and it's been put into a '40s era um, 
projector box, not of the it's not the same it's not brand to brand. It's a totally different one. Yes. Which uh, has been outfitted with a you know a twelve inch speaker in front, mm-hmm. and and I dusted it up a little bit, you know, gave it a little co- cosmetic zhuzh, and I put this speaker in, mm-hmm. and oh. it sounded fantastic. Yes. Now you're like Todd, you told us that. Yeah. Here's the coolest part. So Tony, I get in uh, a, a text. So from, Tony gets this text from one of my customers, from one of his customers, <laughs> who sold said speaker to the music store that Todd purchased it. Yes, <laughs> and he had all the details. Yes, this is so neat. So go, go ahead, do it. No, you do it. It's okay, a- so it turns out. So yes, it is. Uh, there's a, a company. Uh, North of here, uh, that does uh, you know speaker renovations and things, and the speaker that is actually in there is a 1940s uh, speaker that was reconed with this hempopotamus cone. Yes, so it's that a so Alnico cool. two from 1940s. Oh, and somebody also painted the frame. No, the frame's not painted. Oh, so it's just the cone is just picked. the cone is yeah. Picked. Oh, I I was I was thinking the cone was normal hemp, no. and then the frame was painted. No, or else oh. Henry Cash would have been calling me right now. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, 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 okay. I see. Okay. So, anyway, so, so we so, so, so neat. Okay. So we have a 1940s Alnico speaker that's been reconed, but still pretty cool. Yeah. Inside of a a 1940s housing. Powered by a 1940s film sound projector. How cool is that? And cool. it sounds awesome. Yeah, it does sound really good. That's something. Yeah. That's cool. It's something, all right. It's something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. But it's something. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> so that was a, a really fun thing, and I'm so glad that Tony shared that information with me because I was just running around to everybody. You're not going to believe this. Uh, all right. So, hey, Small you know world. what? Um, speaking of 1940s amps, if you've got pedals, you need to get them connected with Tour Gear Designs patch cables. Yes, you do. Absolutely. Right. Why? Because of you crates. can you can set up any size pedal board in any configuration. You're saying if I had like a a one foot by two foot, you got pedal? minis. You got or what about what about if things? I had like a, a, you a got two a foot line by six four foot DL DL four? You got a you got all the stuff. You got top jacks, side jacks. You got two different power supplies. No problem. Do you? What about these in, things that have these like inserts with a TRS kind of splitter? Yeah, thing? That's a different thing altogether. Oh. So, anyways, more importantly, Sorry. it's got all the different sizes, all the different sizes, and you can go create your own custom pack of these things. Yes. On TourGearDesigns.com. I'm told that after you load up your shopping cart. If you yeah. go to your checkout page, yes. there's a place for a coupon code. And if you put the guitar knobs all lowercase on one word, yes. you save an additional 10%. That is actually not true, Tony. No? That's 10%. It's 15% now. What? Yes. What? Tour Gear upped our discount to 15%. Oh, Guitar bad. knobs listeners, get yourself some of these patch cables. I'm telling you, they are the best things since... Sliced bread. No, I was going to say something different altogether, but that's okay. We'll go with sliced bread. Since greenybacks. Greenybacks, yes. Um, <laughs> so anyways, go to Tour Gear Designs. Get the 15% off. Thank you so much to Tour Gear Designs for not only sponsoring the four on the floor, but for making a great product for all of us guitar players out there. Yes. Jared? Let me 
you get a little bit of this? One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. All right. Four on the floor. Chris Gill. Uh, writer, guitar r- gear writer extraordinaire, t- world traveler and such. What is your uh, second four on the floor? Actually, this is my third. This is your third four on the floor. Oh. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> this time, I'm going to go an entirely different direction. I'm going to go with all new stuff. Ooh. Like stuff that's come out within like the last it. year or so. Okay. Uh, this is stuff that's really floating my boat now. Uh, stuff I've reviewed and wouldn't send back and not made know. of unobtainium exactly not, okay this is not you know this is stuff you can actually you can find cool and it's relatively reasonably priced um but first one is the maris lvx okay um just it's it's a soundscape you know chill out room ambient noise generator in a box that's all about all i can say it's just like i mean instant soundtrack composer work box you know it's right. just amazing you can sit there and just chill out for hours with all these crazy sound effects and everything uh, and meander and it's just beautiful just lush in this case it's just when I, I love to bliss out on something it's just you know wow just these washes of ambient noise that just go on for days and they go in all these different directions and just beautiful sounding right Listening to Brian Eno much or yeah like yeah you yeah. know kind of like like modern Brian Eno ish type of stuff yeah. so it's just um it's it's cool you know but That's it's the cool. kind of thing that you don't you don't shred you just sit there and you hit a note and bliss out so it's that's what it does best I like that very cool yeah um and yeah I see a used one on Reverb for four sixty five which that is you know that's a that's a nice chunk of change but what you're talking about is, you know that. New, I'm assuming it's probably more like closer to 600. I think it's about 600. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just it's if you're into that type of thing, it's it's worth every dollar. Yeah, of it just because it's just it's so high quality, it's so refined. A galaxy of sound. It is a galaxy of sound. Yes, that's what LVX stands for. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, how about number two? Source Audio EQ two, which mm-hmm. is a programmable EQ. Um, from the pedal, you can access about four or eight different presets, depending on how you have it set up. It stores 128 presets. You can program everything on the computer, which is really the best way to get into it. You basically have 10 fully assignable EQ bands, which means you can make them parametric, you can make them shelving, uh, you know, any variety of different styles of EQ. Um, On the computer, you can draw the EQ wave. And that's cool. You know, if you if you've nerded out on sound like I have for years, you start to know like, okay, if I want, okay, this type of EQ curve, that's the Metallica sound. Right. You know, this is like a single coil type of sound. Right. You know, this is you know um, whatever. You know, you can go through a diff- different number of things. I mean, it's part of you know what what makes all the different distortion and fuzz boxes so appealing to us is that they each have their own, or at least they should have their own EQ character. Well. Right. This pedal kind of does away with the need for that. You know, you just basically need something that can distort your signal, and then you shape the EQ on this thing. And I just, I had so much fun, you know, drawing sounds, you know, or shaping them out by by ear and carving them up and everything. And right. um, just that I could get really close to all these different sounds that I wanted. And I think from a sound engineer perspective, it's just an amazing tool. It's. I would think that that would be extremely helpful for people that are doing like 
um, I guess, you know, like l the long uh, house band kind of sets where you have to hit so many different types of styles and, and, and you know, well-known guitar sounds and tones with without a crap ton of gear, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Just a I think it sounds like that. it would be perfect for that. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you want to dial in that type of Brian May style mid-range without right. having to have a Brian, you know, having a red special with the Vox pickups, you know, or whatever. Right. You know, it's like you, you can dial that in. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's all there. It's, 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 you know, it's funny because I talked to someone else about it and they said it was just too much for them. And I understand that, but it's like for someone like me who loves to really geek out and dig deep and just refine stuff and just find my sound or find a sound, it's a godsend. That's cool. Very cool. And I think those are about, about three hundred bucks. bucks. Yeah, three hundred. Three hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So two two eighty. Yeah. We'll split the we'll split the higher half of the difference. <laughs> cool. Uh, cool. How about number three? Uh, the Universal Audio UAFX Lion pedal. Oh, I just uh, saw that. Of, yeah. Yeah, the whole new series. I mean, UAFX is just doing some really cool stuff right now. Um, their 1176 pedal is another thing I just looked at that's really cool, but I'm picking the Lion because it just basically nails classic Marshall tones. Uh, it's a little expensive at 400 bucks because, you know, like if you have like an Axe FX3 that has a ton of amps in it, you know, this is like like three good Marshalls basically in a box for, you know, about $133, uh, you know, each, um, you know. So it's not as cost effective as a an FX3, but if you're if Marshalls are your thing and you want something simple to go on your pedal board, uh, it nails it. And it, it hits really the cabs nails. too. It looks like. And the cabs, yeah, exactly. It's the so, full package. Just, yeah, so you can yeah right into your DAW and go. That's right, what I'm saying. Exactly. A lot of guys are using these for. Yeah. So so you could use this and like say um, you know like a HS HX effects or something like that, and go line out and you're. Yeah, and you're right on the money. Thanks. <laughs> I was yeah. I was the one who was off mic this time, uh, and, and you could just go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could, f perfect for a fly rig. Yeah. You know? Wow. Have you seen the UA, UA's other stuff? They yeah. Have, yeah. So that's basically. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very yeah, cool. Just, the whole thing that they're taking from their software and putting it into this pedal format is a really cool direction that they're going, mm -hmm. and it's uh, it, really cool stuff. I mean, the 1176 is just killer. You know, it just it's it's really just you know if uh, it, you know. If, studio effects on stage oh my god you know hmm. just great so that, that's uh i i like the idea of of the fly rig thing because that that's a tricky that's a tricky thing so yeah does this go you can't go direct out yeah, you can you can it's yeah, got you a direct can. on you can. it yeah. you can't go right direct yeah I, I don't know if it's got xlr or not but it but you i've seen guys just taking the uh okay one of the outs and just yeah wow i think it's balanced outs by quarter inch gotcha that's pretty cool man I mean, yeah. I definitely understand why someone would say, I need this. That's cool. How about number four? Number four, uh, the Boss SDE 3000 EVH pedal. Mm. Um, it was kind of actually, for me, it was a toss-up between that and the DM-101. But uh, I just have a soft spot for the SDE 3000. Uh, it's my, my favorite digital delay of all time. And um, the fact that you can do the wet-dry-wet setup so easily with this. Um, you know, having spent so much time with Ed and, you know, going in 2015 and going, you know, getting full access to a stage rig and being able to see every nook and cranny of his setup and everything, um, you know, knowing what's involved and how he does his wet, dry, wet setup and how this pedal just makes it so easy to do that. And it just, it sounds great. You know, it's, um, even if you have like, 
you know, three mini heads, you know, and, and one by 12 cabinets, three one by 12 cabinets. It's just it's a great, great sound. I got a question on this. Do you have any idea, did Ed have any input on this before he passed or if this was something that was developed after? Yeah, he he was he was still alive when the, the whole project started. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was his wish. It, nice. it's, I have to add my own personal story with it because when I worked at Roland and did artist relations, I actually sent Ed some SDE 3000As, which were identical to the 3000. They actually they brought them back due to popular demand because so many professionals want them, wanted them. And Roland at that time, was like, we're not bringing anything back. It's just like, you know, Ikutaro Kakahashi said, like, our motto is, we designed the future, you know? Um. It's like, so we're not going back to the past, you know? But um, there was so much demand for the SDE 3000 that they brought it back. And um, I actually sent Ed over several of them, and it was really cool for me to to go to the shows at 2012. And again, I was invited to go back and see his, all his gear and everything and um, to see one of those SDE 3000As in the rack. You know, it's like, oh, cool, I sent Ed that, you know. Yeah. Hmm, cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's sentimental for me as, as much as that, but it just it sounds really good, too. I can imagine. Um, it has to with that many buttons. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) The one thing I will say is that when it came out and a bunch of people rushed their YouTube review videos out and they didn't take the time to read the effing manual. Oh. And um, it does sound exactly like the old original unit. I have several of them and I've compared, but there are internal settings that goes beyond that. And a lot of people were picking presets that use different modulation waveforms, you know, and it had different filtering on it and various other things. So they're saying, oh, it doesn't sound the same. And it's like, well, yeah, because you're using these internal settings. You didn't read the manual, you know. Right. So you have to set it up to all the original classic settings and then it does it. So, but it goes beyond that, which is also a good thing. Interesting. Well. Yeah. uh, If you like reading and you like playing then this is for you, <laughs> right? Exactly. Good, okay. It's not, that, it's not that tough of a read. It's no. just basically, you know, familiarize yourself. There's a handful of features that are, are new and different on it compared I, to the original. I, I'm sure it's just like anything where you, you know, like if you get the HX Stomp for the first time, you're kind of baffled. Um, I, I got the, uh, uh, what was the, the unit that I just, I recently got? Uh, the GP200, I'm trying to remember, the Val- Valton GP200, and I, I was looking, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to get, this is going to take a weekend and like an hour. And I was like, oh, I got it. Okay. I know yeah. how this whole thing yeah. works. It's great. It looks complicated, but it's not. Um, it's cool, man. Guitar gear. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Not well, thank surgery. you for sharing your third four on the floor with us. Um, now, m- we need to motor on to the uh, Pace de Resistance. Yes, your I, I I caught a um, a post that you did. Uh, it was like a you know like a story, an Instagram story, and you had mentioned you were tr- you were in Japan, you were traveling, taking a tour of all the guitar shops and stuff like that. And I said, "Holy mackerel, that sounds like fun! Let's get you on the show." So, it, it a brief synopsis, an overview, if you will. What was the point of you going there? Well. First thing was, you know, I, I used to go every year to Japan and then Tokyo. I just went to Tokyo and then COVID hit and they shut the country down. And I was like, damn you, you cannot deprive me of my <laughs> Japan fix. So I was like a, an addict, you know, having the shivers and the shakes and everything. And, um, you know, of course, they finally announced that, hey, we're letting tourists back in. It's like, well, thank God. So 
booked my tickets. Um, and to preface this, I was at a sushi restaurant and talking with the sushi chef, and he asked me if I'd been to Japan. I said, oh, yes, I've been to Tokyo. And he's like, oh, well, you haven't really been to Japan. And it's like, you know, like just going to Tokyo is like going to New York City and saying you've been to the United States. And I thought, ah, very, very interesting. Yes, okay. that's wise advice. So this time I decided flying to Tokyo, take the bullet train down to Hiroshima and work my way back up to Tokyo. Uh, about three weeks that I was there. And, you know, I had some side excursions. There was some stuff I did for my daughter. We went to... Uh, Okunoshima, it's the notorious Bunny Island. Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was a, um, in World War II, they, they manufactured, it was a secret island that wasn't on any maps, and they manufactured poison gas there. <laughs> Perfect. And somehow, somewhere, no one knows how they ended up with all these domesticated rabbits, and they multiplied like rabbits do. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder if that's kind of what, like, uh, Isle of Dogs uh, from uh, Wes Anderson is loosely based on. It might be. It, it, it could be, except the place there is just, it's so blissful. It's just oh, like it's, yeah. it's, Isle of Dogs it's is not the blissful. ultimate. It's the happy place. It's yeah. like you, you get off the on ground and you're immediately besieged by hungry little bunnies. And I bought like several pounds of rabbit food at the local pet store before I came in anticipation of this, you know, and just was feeding these bunnies the whole way. And they just come running out of the, the mountains and the, 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 the trees. That would terrify me, Chris, because <laughs> when I was a kid, I'll tell you why. When I was a kid, now that this is going to come full circle real quick here. When I was a kid, I remember my parents taking me to see this animated movie about rabbits and it oh. scared the living hell out of me because it, it was called Watership Down. Watership Down, And it yeah. was bunnies ripping each other's throats out. And it was <laughs> just children screaming in a theater. Bloody murder. Yeah, exactly. And now they've they've since re-released it. I'm not going to watch it. I, I, it took me years to get over that was those nightmares. I'm not doing that again. I think we, yeah, should, do no, a, we should do a Clockwork Orange on you. I love Clockwork Orange. <laughs> no, <laughs> we'll, we'll put you in the chair with oh, your okay, eyes. Yes. I'll administer the, yes. draw, the eye drops. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. uh, back to you, Scary Bunny Island. Well, my, my daughter loves bunnies, so I, could, I, I knew about Watership Down having seen it, and like I could never show my daughter that movie. Right? So she loves them too much. But it's, it, it's so cute. It's just like they just, you, you're covered with these bunnies. They, just, they, they come from everywhere. We had, like, there's one stretch where it gets a little remote, you're going up a hill and everything. And there was this one rabbit who just like, chased us around, and he had little tunnels. Like we'd, we'd, we'd lose the guy behind us and then we'd be coming up around a bend and he'd be in front of us. You know, it's just, it's insane. But um, anyways, but Hiroshima uh, was like the, the start of the guitar searching thing. And that's where I kind of found my first thing. And I thought, okay, it's the beginning of the trip. I'm not going to buy anything just yet. Before right? you go any further, was the intent, I, I'm assuming the intent was you were going to go on a guitar, sort of a guitar shop tour of the country. Yes. Pretty much. That okay. was, I mean, that was that and also stuff to please the wife and the daughter, which, you know, they would get bored from stuff. So we, we, we broke it up with a lot of different yes. stuff. But for me, it was like, yeah, every time we were in any town, I was I was hunting out guitar shops. Yes. OK. And I had kind of mapped it out in advance. So I said, let's go check this out. Oh, <laughs> oh by the way. Hey, hey, what do you know? There's a guitar shop. Yeah. <laughs> ah, wow. How strange. I'll so, see you guys yeah. in an hour. <laughs> Take us on your tour of the guitar shops. And then uh, along the way, I think we just want to, uh, we hope to gain a better understanding of like what is, what, what is exciting and unique in those shops and how is that different from what we're dealing with here? 
Yeah. Okay, go well, ahead. I, we'll, we'll shut first up. First thing, with, with Hiroshima, there's not a whole ton of shops there. Hiroshima is kind of like a, it's a, it's a big city, um, but it still has a bit of a small town vibe to it. But um, I found an ESP Big Boss store. Their Big Boss is like the, the major chain. It's amazing what ESP does over there. They, they own Japan. Um, Ibanez doesn't, you know, all these other Japanese brands don't, but ESP is like brilliant. Um, they have these big boss stores and every major urban center has a big boss store. So you, you can count on that. And they're stocked mostly with ESP and ESP off brand like Edwards and Grassroots, um, you know, brand guitars, but mm -hmm. they also have other stuff in there as well. Now, when but, you're uh, saying big boss store... Uh huh. We're, it's not to be confused with Boss. No, it isn't. Okay, but it's, to yeah, totally it's, different. The store's things. name is Big Boss. Okay, it's, gotcha. So it's, it's basically it's called Big Boss, and it's like, a, but it's ESP branded as well. Gotcha. But Big Boss mm. is the name of the store, gotcha. and it's, it's literally um, you know, like every city, I, every major. So it's city like a I've guitar ever, center with one brand. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and so the shops might some of the shops might be a little bit smaller in size, but they're they're just packed with great great gear. Hmm. And um, and almost every one of them, you can also order stuff from the ESP Custom Shop, which is another thing unto itself, which is amazing. Very cool. But um, I found one in Hiroshima that was not too far from the Peace Dome, uh, which that's, you know, it's a very moving thing to see. You know, you see the pictures of it and you think, oh, yeah, and then you get there and you're around people. And it's very emotional. I can imagine. Um, you know, there's just, you can still feel the pain of what, you know, <laughs> of the Americans dropping the bomb on that city and everything like that. It's just, yeah. it's, it's really such an, an energy there. It's, it's quite amazing. But um, I found, you know, the, the ESP shop there, and um, I didn't really find a whole lot else there. You know, I wasn't there too long. Um, now, the next stop that I went to was Osaka. And Osaka's big city. I love Osaka. Uh, in Van Halen terms, I call it the fair warning of, uh -huh. of Japanese cities because it's got an edge to it. Okay. You know, it's it's notorious for, you know, <laughs> I mean, by, by American standards, it's, it's, a, it's a walk in the park. But by Japanese standards, you know, they have drunks, they have gangs and stuff like that. But they're not like, you know, <laughs> like dealing with the Bronx or, you know, South Central LA or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it does have an edge to it. Um, and the people there are very friendly, though. Um, and there's a section of I'm town. I'm mean streets in my head. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and there, there's a section um, called Americamura. And it, if I remember right, it was like a place where they used to sell black market American goods, like after World War II, essentially. And it's now turned into kind of like the hipster neighborhood. I was just going to ask, is this where all the guys on choppers are and they dress like, and everybody's like kind of greaser style? There's a bit of that, okay. and there's just a lot of um, there's a lot of hip hop style. There's a yeah. lot of rocker style. There's a lot of the um, the, um, the the Harajuku girl style. You know the frilly dresses and all that yeah. sort of stuff. They have a lot of clothing well, Tony, stores. You know that one. Oh yes, a lot of clothing stores. So you know, great places to get boots. There's a big Doc Martin store that's covered in all kinds of punk rock you know flyers and posters. Cool and stuff. It's really cool. Like right in the center of it, um, and there's a bunch of music stores, of course. So you have your um, your Ishibashi, which is kind of another big chain. You have a, lot, a, lot, a couple of your bigger chain stores there. But there's a store that I found that's really more exclusive to the Osaka area called Mikigaki. 
And the store in America Mara is, I'm trying to remember if it's three or four floors, but each floor is like basically different brands. Like one floor is Gibson, one floor is Fender, um, and there's some stuff mixed in on all these floors, and the top floor is like vintage. And they have a lot of great guitars. One thing that really blew me away is that they have a section that's all relish guitars. And here in the United States, I might see, if I'm lucky, I see like one or two relish guitars sometimes. What what, what is it? Not relic. Relish? Relish, relish, like, you know, I'm putting some relish on my hot dog. Relish. Um, They're kind of a a very modern type of guitar. Um, Some of them have like the, the hollow body with the compartment um boy i'm trying to really is explain it, like a, it. It's, it's not a brand it's a style it's a brand it is oh, a brand, it's a brand. Re- okay yeah. we gotta look this up because we're all, we're like, all stumped at each other, here like what yeah the, and it, it, I, I knew about this from guitar aficionado it's kind of a high-end guitar okay and they had like 25 30 of them it was just like oh my gosh i've never seen this many in a single place before wow hmm. so that that really blew me away and i have to add one thing in is that the salespeople all had on these T-shirts, and it had this design with a geisha girl playing a Gibson Explorer, because I'm a big Gibson Explorer fan. Love the Explorer. And then, of course, it had the, you know, the Japanese text on the sides, and I was like, I need to have that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I want that shirt. And I asked one of the sales guys, the guy I found who spoke some English, I said, like, can I buy one of those? He's like, no. No, no. No, you cannot buy it. I'm like, oh, come on, man. He's like, no, no, no. And I'm like... So I'm going through the store, and I'm shooting some video and taking some pictures, and I go up to the top floor, and they had two boxes full of these shirts. <laughs> and there was a guy up there, and I said, can I, can I buy one of these? He's like, no, you can't buy. So I did the dirty thing. I took a picture of one of the guys. I asked if I could take a picture of the guy with the shirt, right? So I took a picture of the shirt. When I got home, I went to Underground Printing and had him copy the design uh. and print it for me. <laughs> Nice. Because you can't tell me no. You know? Yeah. <laughs> don't take no for sell you one. I mean, I will not be denied. I don't know what the deal was. Like and you'd I, impersonate I, a sales guy and run around the store and cause havoc or what? <laughs> I, I think it was for some special event. It was something about 200 years of something. And I couldn't figure out what the heck it said. And it was huh. just like, man, this is just hmm. bizarre. You know, it's like it must be some inside thing or some special event they're having. And I just don't qualify. I don't know, but they were just were very adamant that I could not have one of those shirts. So. Crazy. Yeah. Um, one thing I will throw in that's very cool about Japanese guitar stores for your souvenirs, best place to go, any guitar shop, because they all, not all of them, but most of them have, like, these crazy guitar picks with these insane graphics on them. Oh, neato. And every store has different stuff. Um, the ESP has like a whole wide range of stuff. They have anime characters. They have Hatsune Miku, uh, the Vocaloid, uh, you know, AI kind of, you know, singer girl um, stuff. They have um, all kinds of anime characters and all kinds of bands and everything with their own custom picks. Um, but um, at Mikigaki, I found it was like a, this anime show called Yudermon. And it's kind of like wacky racers, but kind of, kind of like Wacky Racers, but different, but it, they had all these different characters on these picks. So, of course, my daughter and I going through them and getting, tr- you know, trying to get individual copies of each one that we could find. Uh-huh. Um, but that was really cool. But yeah, that's just, it's really fun to go and just all the crazy custom guitar picks because they just have all these great stuff with great graphics on them. So that's part of the fun is just going and buying picks. 
But um, yeah, that, that was a great story. And the other thing I will say about going over there is there's a lot of like smaller used stores. Yes. And some of them are, are, are not so great. They're just like they have okay stuff, but every now and then there's like a gem lurking in there. Ah. And what's good about these places to go is a lot of the bigger places have discovered Reverb, you know, or mm-hmm. JGuitar.com. So a lot of the stuff's picked over and sold already. Yeah. But some of these smaller shops, you will find like some of those elusive items, you know, like old Grecos uh, and, you know, older brand, you know, Arias or whatever, like Aria, you know, BC Rich copies that are really great from like the late 70s. Uh-huh. Um, you'll find some of the stuff lurking there occasionally. So I recommend just popping in there and taking a quick look around. Because, uh, you know, from the surface, you look at it and go, like, that ah, looks like a bunch of crap. But actually, there, there is some good stuff in there. Did you get uh, any uh, used goodies? You know, I didn't. This is actually going back to Hiroshima at the Big Boss store. I saw a grassroots mini Les Paul. And it was just the coolest thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's a mini, like, 20-inch scale, huh. uh, a tiny Les Paul. You know, and again, for the Van Halen kick, you know, it's kind of like a, a little bit bigger than the Petchlot guitar that he had. Uh, but I just had to have it. I said, like, ah, it, it's Big Boss. You know, I'll, I'll pick one up when I at the end of my trip when I'm in Tokyo. Yeah. We need, we need <laughs> um, a picture of Jared with a mini Les Paul. <laughs> yeah. Just a regular Les Paul. Yeah, that, that would look like a mini on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a regular one. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's like a ukulele. So, but yeah, it's it's uh, that that was pretty much my my big thing. It was like two hundred fifty bucks. Man, the other thing, the exchange rate right now is outrageous. It's so good, one hundred fifty yen to the dollar. So, you know, it's supposed to be about a hundred yen to the dollar. So do the math. It's like you know thirty three percent off sale on everything. Wow. So and um, I will say as an aside, uh, man. <sighs> Our economy's messed up. We're greedy bastards over here <laughs> because even not accounting for the, the the crazy exchange rate favorability to the dollar, you can have great meals over there for like five bucks. There's like um, over by Ochinomitsu, which I'll get to, um, there's a, a curry place that I went to, you know, like a little tiny kitchen counter place. And I got, you know, a big, huge dish of curry with rice you know, in a pork cutlet and a beer for five bucks. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Tony's and I, attention. And, and sushi places, you know. You had, he had, had pork ten dollars. <laughs> 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 there were like sushi places I went to, you know, that were like, you know, omakase, you know, where they serve you, you know, whatever the chef wants and whatever, you know, multi-course, whatever. It was like 40 bucks a person. Jeez. You know, over here it's like you're, nowadays here in That's you know the New York area, you're getting up into hundred, one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. So, um, in where where did you find? Um, I mean, did you find a store in, in every one of these places? Was it all chains? Um, no, not really. I mean, they're like like in Osaka. I mean, Hiroshima. I didn't look around enough to, to really say for sure, but they're, they're mostly bigger stores. Uh-huh. But there are some smaller places here and there. Uh-huh. Um, in Tokyo, you definitely get a lot of more independent shops, um, which I will get to some of that stuff. But um, in America, Mura, they had kind of a combination of that. I mean, the, the smaller shops were more like like these, like I said, these kind of places, these little niches that had the used, mostly used stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of like, um, there was even a place, um, I believe it was an offshoot of what they have this store called Book Off, which is a used bookstore. And they have like other off stores. 
And I, I remember this one place, they just, it's like kind of like a, a glorified pawn shop, although it's not pawn shop. It's just, again, it's just, you know, people come in and they sell stuff and they turn around and resell it. Mm-hmm. And that place was probably better for like finding pedals. Ah. You know, the, they had some decent guitars in there, but nothing really, you know, wasn't like a really overwhelming selection. But when it came to pedals, it's like you could find some cool stuff. You know, there's some older Ibanez Maxon pedals, um, some cool Boss pedals, you know, from the, the 70s and 80s. Um, so, you know, and, and their prices were a little bit more reasonable. Mm-hmm. But with the exchange rate, it's like almost everything is kind of pretty much reasonable, except when you get to some of the higher end vintage stuff. Awesome. But um, yeah, Osaka was cool. Uh, I will say Kyoto didn't really have much. So if you're going to Japan expressly to look for guitars, I would Don't skip Kyoto, Kyoto, even though it's a it's a great city to go to for history. Uh, but again, the only store that I, I saw there and that I even my research turned up was a big boss store hmm. again. Hmm. Okay. So if you are going to Japan expressly for like i want to see some great guitar stuff that maybe i wouldn't be able to see necessarily statewide wise states what states stateside stateside that's what i meant (laughs) uh where would you recommend well i would recommend obviously tokyo because tokyo is just huge and has probably i don't even know how many i'd say over a thousand guitar shops as it is whoa yeah, it's 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 outrageous, and like you'll just be walking around and you'll just stumble into a place. And to put this in perspective, like what's the square kilometers mileage of, of We're Tokyo? Similar. Is it like uh, Los Angeles? Closer. It's to like Los Angeles. Angeles. Yeah, oh, I've always like kind of described how many guitar stores. I I don't even know for sure, but I, at one point I think I I had heard like three thousand guitar stores. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah, and I believe it because there's just there's so many of them. Um, Osaka would be my second place. Because, um, like I said, American Mariah has a good concentration of them. But also, mm-hmm. as you get on the outskirts, there's um, there are some smaller shops that if you dig around, if you have time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as I said, they've it, got a good music culture there too. And um, they have some kind of very, like again, some very funky, you know, downtrodden type of places that are also good to pick up bargains. Uh, there's an area kind of on uh, the south section of the city. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but there's this one section. That was modeled after Coney Island. They have a big tower hmm. there, and they—it's kind of a famous thing where you see it's very colorful. And they used to have this big uh, paper mache puffer fish. They've taken it down since; it's no longer there. But um, if you go south of there even further, it gets rougher and rougher. But then you'll you'll turn up some really just wacky shops, you know. And you just—it's one of those things that you never know what you'll find. Wild. Yeah. Now, is is there anybody that's organizing, you know, like guitar junkets in Japan that you know? If, Say somebody like me that doesn't speak Japanese, or you know, or a group of us wanted to go over that they could kind of direct us through. Or is that a new industry I'm creating? Uh, that's that's my new industry. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> anybody want to sign up? You know, um, no, I don't know of anybody doing it. They, they should, you know, because um, I, I don't know if there's enough of an audience for that. But um, I, man, I you know, I actually, it's funny when I was over there, I was thinking exactly of that because it's like, it's just. Um, yeah, I, I, I've always fantasized about, you know, winning the lotto and taking over like 20, 25 people, you know, yeah. and, and showing them all these cool places because it's just, it's so cool. Well, we're in, whenever that happens, I think I, I, Tony and I would figure out a way to, to do that. Rob, <laughs> Rob, I don't know if well, Rob I like sushi. should hack of that over there. 
Yeah, but I don't think they have Sir guitars over there. So, what about Jared? I'm sure they do. <laughs> Jared, are you, are you sure, there? Sure, they do. I'm sure they do. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> um, give us uh, give us a couple uh, Tokyo yes. highlights, Chris. Yeah, Tokyo. Oh my gosh. Well, first thing, um, I did go to the um, you know the Fender flagship store just opened over there. It was like it was only open two weeks when I was over there in July. Mm-hmm. It opened at July, on June 30th. Um, that's just a thing unto itself. I mean, this just shows you how important the guitar is to Japanese culture. That Fender built this huge, you know, high-rise guitar shop, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Harajuku. Um, and it's really, it's four floors, and it's all Fender. It's not just, you know, it's not FMIC with, with Gretsch and Jackson and EVH and all that stuff. It's all just Fender. Oh, I just and, assumed they'd have all the other brands. Huh. Yeah, I was kind of surprised they didn't, but they have enough stuff to fill it up. And they have on one floor, they have the Fender Custom Shop. And of course, they just have some drop dead gorgeous guitars there. Um, and you can order uh, your custom shop guitar there. You can sit down with a consultant and, and go through and all the specs and everything and order it. Um, but they also have just, you know, the full Japanese line, you know, some of, some of the stuff from America, but they have also just the Japanese made stuff that you can't get in America, which is really cool. Yeah. So yeah. you'll see some models over there that we're never going to see over here. That's, so it's, it's cool in that, that respect. Um, they also have some great souvenirs, you know, have a little Fender Tokyo section t-shirts, blue jeans, socks, you know, um, cheese boards, you know, <laughs> uh, pint glasses. Yeah. Um, and they have a coffee bar down in the basement, you know, and you, they actually serve cocktails and everything. And uh, it's cool. I, I put a video up. Actually, I'm, I'm going to be putting more videos up. I'm just, when I get the time to edit everything, because I shot a ton of video footage. But I did a tour of the Fender flagship store that's on my YouTube channel, uh, Professor Gill's Guitar Gear Galaxy, which um, if you know any, Professor Gill is a character from um, this Japanese television show that was kind of like the precursor to Power Rangers. So it's called Android Kikaider. Huh. And Professor Gill is the um, is the villain of the show. So <laughs> I thought, perfect, it's me. Yeah. Now, so anyways. Do they have any, I'm, I'm assuming they don't have any of the, like the Mexican made or, you know, the Squire line or anything like that at that store? They do have some of that stuff, oh, yeah. yeah. But it's, um, you know, it's whatever they, they sell in Japan, essentially. Okay. So if there, there is some American-made stuff, Mexican-made stuff there. But it's also, you know, they, they, of course, being Japan, they just they take such a pride in the, the factory there. It's the um, Fuji, Fuji, Genga, Fuji Gengaki. Right. You know, the, the legendary factory uh, that built all those wonderful the Fuji Gengaki Legendary Factory. Yes. Put, put that in the back of your heads, ladies. <laughs> now, now, is that, uh, that and I'm, I'm assuming that's different than the Tirada factory. Is that right? It is different than the Tirada factory. Okay. And uh, but it's you know they have some incredible craftsmanship there. They're, they're, they're you know a lot of people don't know this, but Fuji Gen basically saved Fender because you know they were making copies of Fender guitars that were better than what Fender was making in the seventies. Yep. And when CBS decided to, they wanted no nothing to do with Fender any longer and were selling off the company, and Bill Schultz and company and all that started up. It was basically they they bought the Fuji Gen. They bought guitars from Fuji Gen you know, for the new Fender to start up Fender again mm-hmm. in the early 80s. Because there was no U.S. production at that time, right? Exactly. And Wild. so basically, and because the guitars were so good, it's like they sold and people said like, hey, Fender's getting good again. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, and I think that helps also shed a little bit of light on if people don't understand why uh, people speak highly of Japanese fenders um, and why those are oftentimes sought out after more than the American ones. That is, it's not just because they're from Japan and it's a novelty. Right. That they are quality. Yes. And it's as we were talking earlier, it's like, you know, they, they look at stuff in fine detail and they copy everything to the nth degree, you know, and they, they come to a deep understanding of what makes things tick. Jared's like, hey, wait a minute. Oh, hey. There's a bulletin's going to go out. Who let you invite these people here? Well, that was me. Oh, dear. Okay. But I, I do highly recommend going to the Fender flagship store. It's you know if you're going to Tokyo, chances are you're going to end up somewhere near Harajuku. It's just it's it's a it's a magnet for tourists. What what is something um, that we might see there that we couldn't get here? Uh, at Fender? Yeah. Or at Tokyo? The, the Fender the Fender Japan uh, Tokyo. Oh boy! Thing. Well, they, they have a whole series of things. Um, oh boy! I'm trying trying to remember. They had a brand. It was kind of like. These white guitars with these blue racing stripes down the middle. Uh, that was some thing. They have various artist guitars for Japanese artists okay. over there. Okay. Uh, so they have a whole slew of those. Um, they just have a whole Maiden series, Maiden Japan series. Yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like there's strats and there's tellies and, you know, different colors and different designs and stuff that you just, you won't see here. Yeah, they've, they've been uh, making some, I think they call them hybrid 60s and hybrid 50s in Japan. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, those too. And, and like the 6 is really cool. It's rosewood board. It's the tall, narrow frets, a little bigger neck, come in Sherwood green and like antique white or, or whatever, Olympic white. So some different colors oh, okay. and different options that just aren't available. Same here. body styles though. Yeah. Those are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Those are, yeah. There are some 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 more different, uh, you know, like you were talking about some of the hybrid stuff and all that. There's some, mm -hmm. some different body styles. I mean, nothing too dramatically different. It's still, you know, it's got the Fender DNA going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so what is the big, what was the, the, the big gem, the, the, the secret, the golden Buddha that you found? Oh, the golden Buddha. I mean, there's there's an area that I love. I'm doing. I'm going to do a video, but I'll I'll let the cat out of the bag with you guys since I love you so much. Thank so. you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there's an area of Shinjuku. It's basically their Korea town, and like actual. I guess Korea if people town? aren't familiar with Tokyo, like Tokyo is basically a collection of a bunch of different cities. It's not just Tokyo isn't just a one monolithic city. It's really a collection of a bunch of cities. So you have Shinjuku, you have like, like like LA, kind of like LA, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like so, like LA, you have Hollywood and West Silver Covina, Lake and West Santa Hollywood Monica. and all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Except a lot of these places, not all of them, but a lot of these places have their own. They're all like you know, sprouting of you know high rises in the middle of them. You know, interesting. And I, I, I will say this about Japan: uh, retail, you know, is kind of unfortunately dying over here in the United States. It's so alive and well over there, and it's because every train station has like a department store, you know, a, a collection of department stores built around them. You know, you get off the train and there's already uh, restaurants to go to. There's places to buy stuff, you know, buy clothing and your everyday needs. You know, sometimes there's food halls, you know, so they just, they, they love to go out and shop, you know, as opposed to like, I'm going to get on my computer and order something from Amazon. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, even though they have Amazon over there, I think I saw maybe two Amazon trucks the whole time I was there. Wow. 
Yeah. But um, so I saw two on, on my street today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're very big on retail and stores and everything. And, um, of course, they have shopping districts. And there's several big shopping districts in Tokyo. And you have kind of the central Shinjuku area has quite a few stores. In fact, a bunch of new ones I saw that I hadn't even seen before. Um, you have Shibuya, which also not far from the train station. There's, again, another collection of, of really good shops. Uh, the big place is Ochinomitsu. That's Guitar, St- Guitar Street. It's very close to Akihabara, which is kind of the big anime and high-end electronics uh, section of Tokyo. And Ochinomitsu is just a long street. Um, goes on for about, I'd say it's probably about a half mile long. And it's just covered with guitar shops. And you'll start with the Big Boss store as you get out of the Ochinomitsu train station. Like the, the Big Boss store is kind of like a diagonal across the street. And that's kind of the big one. That's the, the biggest one of the, all the ESP shops. And they actually have a guitar school there. And... Um, it used to be a little bit bigger. This is one thing post-COVID that was a little bit of a disappointment was that some of the shops have scaled back a bit. Like Big Boss used to have a pedal shop you know, on the main street there in Ochinomitsu, and that's not there anymore. Now the pedals are all up in the main store. Uh, but they still have a great selection. So that was, it was cool to see that they just moved everything and kind of consolidated everything. Um, but you go down this street, and it kind of evens out. There's like a college and a hospital and some other stuff, and then there's more guitar shops. You have like uh, some Midas, you know, mm-hmm. down there, and you have this place called Curacao, which is another big store. And all the big stores have their things there, and there's a few vintage stores and a few used stores. And it's, it's very impressive. I think for me, I think for the, the newcomer there, it's still impressive, and it's a must-see. For me, it was a little bit of a disappointment because it wasn't quite as jam-packed as it used to be. Mm. There's still good guitars, but I think, again, Reverb and J Guitar has kind of, you know, stuff has been a little bit more picked over. So you don't, you know, you used to be overwhelmed with like, oh my God, there's one of those. Oh my God, there's one of those. Oh my God, there's that. You know, and now it's kind of a little bit fewer and far between. Uh, It's incredible, though, to go to some of the stores. They're like, if you want to buy a PRS and, you know, you don't mind lugging it home with you, or you want to buy a Gibson Les Paul, uh, you can go to a store there and you can go through 40 of them, you know, Jeez. you know, so you can find the Les Paul that's right for you. And there's the other shops, even like over in Shibuya, there's a place called Nico Nico Guitars, and it's a very similar thing. It's a little bit smaller shop, but they just they have a ton of Les Pauls. They have a ton of Strats. Wow. You know, more than more than you'll ever see it at a guitar center in Manhattan or Hollywood. Wow. You know, that's it's saying just, it's, something. Yeah, and yeah, and Chris, and, you're talking like you stuff, right? No, this is brand new. This is really? in this case PRSs and Les Pauls. This is all brand new stuff. Wow. Um, so there's that. Um, now for you stuff, let, let me get to my favorite area that I was talking about. The the Koreatown section of Shinjuku is called Shinokubo, and there's a train called the JR Yamanote line. It's kind of this pale green color that designates it. It's a loop line, and it basically takes you everywhere you want to go. You know, as as a tourist newcomer to Tokyo goes does this circle around all the major areas and chances are if you go to Tokyo you're going to spend some time on the JR Yamanote line and one of the stops is Shinokubo it's just north of of Shinjuku proper like one stop and you get off the train you go through the turnstile you make a u-turn and you're on this street and you have what I call the cream of the crop of the stores 
in Tokyo. You know, it's it's not like a big street like Ochinomitsu is, which is just covered with tons of stores. What you have is like a concentration of quality. And one of the first places you come across is this place called Hyper Guitars. It's a vintage specialist. Um, it's, you know, it's the store for the stars. You know, it's in a basement and it's like going into a museum almost because it's just, it has so much good stuff. Um, vintage Moserites from the 60s, they have like about a dozen of them. They have original Zabitis guitars. They have, you know, you, you name it for your Les Pauls. There's a, what I call the, the million dollar guitar wall. Um, they have Eric Johnson's 1960 Les Paul standard. They have a gold top Les Paul standard with humbuckers. They have another burst up there. They have an original Explorer mm. up there. It's just like, it just kills you. And I was, I was in there looking and it was kind of funny because I've been in there before and I thought they knew me and recognized me, but I guess they don't. Because uh, they, they, get, they get a lot of people there. They get a lot of famous people in there. I don't even rank, you know, <laughs> but, but they're cool. Which, but the, the main, main guy there was like this repair guy. Like, at, you know, you're coming down the steps and the guy sees my GoPro and he like makes an X with his fingers. And that means no, you know, no, 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 no video, no photos. I'm like, ah, shit, you know, it's like, I got to get video of this. Uh, but the guy who's the main owner, I wish I could remember his name. I can't remember it right now. But um, he came out and saw me like, hey, no, go ahead. You know, shoot, go ahead. And, he, of course, he pulls stuff out of the back. And what's he pull out? He pulls out a 1961 Sonic Blue Stratocaster. Ooh. Yeah, it, this is like the Beatles Stratocaster, you know, the ones that George and John had, you know. And it was incredible condition. It was beautiful. You know, it lets me play it. You know, it's just like, oh, my gosh, you know. Like uh, and they have a room of amplifiers with just incredible marshals, incredible fenders. Uh, it's just it's a candy store. You know, it, stuff is expensive. I mean, it's vintage. It's it's top notch vintage. This guy is, yeah. is world class. You know, I mean, I, I love Norm Harris and all those guys, but I you know he just this store is just so packed with stuff, and it's just like it's he's got the goods. So that's you start with that. That's in the basement. Directly upstairs is a place called TC Gaki. And TC Gaki is more of a, a used store. It's that's, a little bit that's more. On, that's on Reverb mm-hmm. and eBay, I yeah. believe, right? That is on Reverb and eBay and yeah. J Guitar and all the they usual suspects. Stuff on there. They do have good stuff on there. And it's it's my favorite shop in all of Tokyo, to be honest. And, and I, I feel a little disappointed because they are, you know, a lot of stuff is being sold. You know, it's sold off. It, it used to be much better before the internet, you know, made it, this stuff so easily accessible to people. Yeah. But they still have great stuff. They just, they know where to get it. They're, they're, the employees there are, by and large, all ex-Guitar Factory employees. So they're, they're industry guys, and they just, they know the business inside and out. They also have a growing pedal section, which is really cool, and especially with a lot of homegrown Japanese pedals. So I recommend going there for that alone. Uh, it's a great place to go to, to find out, you know, some cool new makers that you've never heard of before and check out some different pedals that you're not going to find at home. Uh, last time we talked about the baseball team, you know, <laughs> distortion boxes that they had. So, uh, which I have to say, I'm, I'm bummed. I became, on this trip, I became a fan of uh, Hanshin Tigers, who just won the Japan Series here a couple days ago uh, in a crazy battle. You know, way outdid our, our World Series here in the United States. It was just a, a nail biter. You know, went down to the, the last game and it was mm. full of drama. And uh, Hanshin hadn't won since 1985, so there's that. And this whole crazy Colonel Sanders curse, which I won't get into. Uh-huh. But, um, 
But anyways, it's like I wish I should have picked up a Hanson Tiger's distortion box while I was there, but I'll, I'll probably pick one up next time. But um, they have a lot of great stuff there. You know, they, they do have American guitars, but their focus is really Japanese guitars. And so you will find a lot of cool stuff. And um, that's where I ended up actually getting the, um, the mini Les Paul, the grassroots mini Les Paul. Oh, you so found it again. Got it. I did find it. I didn't find it. It was funny. I didn't find it in Ochinomizu, which I thought I would find it at the big boss store there. They didn't have them, you know. So I was very disappointed. And I walked into TC Gaki and I look up right above my head and there it is. You know, I love when that happens. Cool. So that's a great store. And then down the street, you've got Kurosawa. And Kurosawa, they have a number of different little specialist shops. They have a bass center. They have a, a, a steel string acoustic Martin guitar center. My favorite shop out of that, though, it, which is incredible, again, it's another place like a museum, is our classical guitar store, which you will see the masterworks. You know, you will see the, the flamenco and classical masters, Hausers, Ramirez, uh, you know, um, boy, I'm trying to remember all the different brands, but it's, uh, you know, the different makers, but they, they have like, it's all behind glass, but just beautiful classical guitars or even if you want like a good starter classical guitar for you know if you want to spend about a thousand two thousand dollars it's a good place to go because they they have them there and they they curate them Hmm. and it's it's amazing i i'm a big classical guitar fan actually because i feel it's like the most pure expression if you get a very good classical guitar it's it's like an an entirely different experience because you're really at one with the instrument you know expression and the feel and the vibration of the wood and the lightness of the build blah 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 Hmm. So uh, I highly recommend that shop. It's the most impressive classical guitar shop I've ever been to. You know, wow. I've been to qu- quite a few of them here in New York and, you know, in Los Angeles and even over, you know, in Europe. And I think Kur- this Kurosawa shop hasn't beaten. Like I said, this is all in this little street. Wow. You know, it's just there. So if you, if you go to Tokyo for a weekend or you're passing through or something, just get a JR Yamanote line, go to Shinokubu, make that U-turn out of the turnstiles, and there you are. Got go it. it. I just wrote that down. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Before we transition uh, out uh, and we, we get back in the bullet and trade and, and, and head out, I I guess a, a big question that I have is that's a lot of guitar stores. Um, it's a ton. They are not a lot. I, I'm, I'm going to make the assumption that the overwhelming population is not living in standalone homes. No. So you know where mm-hmm. I'm going with this. I was thinking yes. the same thing a little bit ago. Where are they playing all this? And and did you, like, I guess I'm I'm just curious. Like, uh, do people who are buying this stuff are they buying amps or are there is is there lots of like band venues and stuff? Well, this is the thing that there are band venues, and this is kind of funny because some of the, the the places where the band venues are are not necessarily where the music stores are. The band venues are basically there's a area like if you go out further, if you take the straight line that goes out from Shinokubo, there's a line that goes basically to the east, and that will take you out to Koenji. And Koenji has a lot of clubs. There's also an area called Shimokitazawa, which is a great cool neighborhood, great food and great clothing stores, used clothing stores, concert t-shirts from the 70s and 80s all over the place from America, you know? Uh-huh. Um, they, they all end up there for some reason. I don't know why, but they just, they buy them and send them over. Um, but they, they have a lot of, of, of club venues and stuff. But yes, it's funny you mention that because now that I think about it, you don't really see these stores stocked with a bunch of amplifiers. You see mostly guitars and uh-huh. pedals. But you don't see like walls of amplifiers. 
you know, there's amplifiers there, and there's stuff to do demos, but it's like they aren't really moving amplifiers. Right. Um, I mean, Hyper has, like, the classic, they have the Marshalls and all that stuff, that, you know, which is great. But, you know, now that you mention it, yes, you don't really see a lot of them. I mean, the bigger stops you do that are stocked with the amplifiers, they have amplifier sections. You know, the big, the big um, like, Ishibashi and, and the big Kurosawa store over there in Ochinomitsu. Um, but you'll see a lot of people walking around with gig bags uh-huh. you know, on, on the subway, on the trains. You know, out in the streets, karaoke bars now have machines with amp simulators in them. Mm. So you will walk by these karaoke bars and you'll see like a band, you know, and you'll see four guys, you know, or girls with guitars and bass and the guy with drumsticks. And they go into these rooms and they have like an electronic drum kit and they have amp simulators. Mm. So they can go in there and jam. It's like a rehearsal room. Mm. So that makes it, you know, a lot easier for people to do that sort of thing. Wild. Yeah, it's it's wild. Very cool. Uh, so, yeah, I guess a lot of these people are probably actually getting things like we were talking about earlier, like that uh, universal mm-hmm. audio pedal and uh, yeah. the stomps and stuff like that. Um, why? That's, well... It's a fascinating place, and I think that we there's, you know, the idea of finding some weird old thing or just something that you just can't get here. But anytime you go on a travel and you and you find something that you uh, get attached to, like you're like, wait, I gotta have this. It makes it all that more gotta haveity because oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. because you can't go back and get it. I, I never leave Japan without a guitar. <laughs> so <laughs> every trip I go, I have to buy at least one, you know. And um, I just sent you a link to the next one you have to get. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. How cool is that, right? That is very cool. It's the Bo Diddley, the the Bo. Uh, <laughs> it's a samurai bow. <laughs> samurai bow, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're uh, ladies Fu-rai and gentlemen, bow. we're looking at um, a thing. It's, it's called um, Goat Samurai. It must be greatest of all time samurai yeah, series. Yeah, wind, well, forest, fire, and mountain. The, the, those baseball team pedals, the Japanese baseball team pedals, are also goat okay. pedals. So it must it must be Tishigaki's own brand, I guess. Yeah, it, it's basically a Bo Diddley box, but it's got uh, Japanese like writing all over it, which is and a <laughs> lipstick pickup. That's cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> Japanese cool. writing is a must for me. I mean, I, I I'm one of those guys that will buy T-shirts that probably say like "stupid foreigner" on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I okay. I'm gonna have to bookmark this one. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I will <laughs> say though, that, that out with the my God, Google Translate. What what a revelation! You know, now that you can do the talking into your phone and it yeah. will translate it back to the guy. I had so many conversations with people that way, uh, cab drivers and you name it. You know, it just it, it's it's made it so much easier now, especially because the, the further you get away from Tokyo, the less English is spoken. Yeah. So it was just, it was a godsend. You know, I kind of forgot about that feature. And then I was in Osaka and the cab driver, like, oh, you know, he was, we weren't understanding each other. And he pulls out his phone and talks into it and we do the whole thing. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. It has that feature. I loved using that. I loved using it in the tour um, at Gibson. I would, I would say something like, you know, what's your favorite Gibson pickup? And then they'd all go, and they would listen to the, to the lady mm-hmm. speak through the right. transbeat, right? And and they go, oh, oh, yeah, oh. And then, and I, then I will, of course, they, 
they would have to translate it back to me. But it's a lot of fun. It, it's very useful. I will give you guys a couple. Of, these were my my magic words that I, I learned over there. One was gochi sosama, which is uh, something you say after a meal, after you finished. Mm. Which is basically, it's kind of like a spiritual thing. It's like thank you for the food and for nourishing me and giving me life, you know, and right. to carry on and to withstand another day to play guitar and be awesome. Um, you basically, it's best if you say it to the person who actually made the food, so the cook. Uh-huh. You know, if if you happen to be a place where you can see into the kitchen and you shout out, "Hey, Gochi Sosama!" It's like, man, they'll just light up. That's like, cool. Why? You know, Gochi. Wait, what is it? Gochi Sosama. Gochi Sosama. Okay. It's it's just in, in, at, at the start of the meal, you, it's traditional to say "itadakimas." Yes. So gochi that's sosama. that's the thing. But gochi, if you say "gochi sosama," is so much more rare at the end, and especially to hear it coming from a gaijin, just it, it, it it's like, man, you'll just you'll you'll yeah. be like the most popular. You'll be a rock star. Book number three in the James Clavell uh, <laughs> Asian <laughs> saga series. I'm just saying. Everybody. Uh, another great word I learned. I don't know if you guys have seen um, Reese Darby has done this this show. Where oh he yes, goes to Japan. Been watching uh, that. On Amazon Prime, it's great. Of yeah. course, he, the word he knows is oishi. You know, it's for delicious. Yes. Better word to say, because it's funny, like, he watches the show and he says oishi, and he keeps, like, he, he gets, his pronunciation gets worse as it goes He's along. He's so awkward. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my word I like to say is subarashi. Subarashi. Which, subarashi, which is awesome or wonderful or mega cool. So that's a good word. Um, this is kind of more colloquial term, daijobu. Which is kind of like, that's all right. It's cool. Or, hey, forget about it. It's kind right. of one of those terms that you can use. It's kind of like, you know, like, yeah, you know, it's like, like, oh, we're, we're unable to call. process your form right now. And you go, oh, Daijobu, you know, it's yeah. cool. You know, whatever. It, yeah. it is what it is, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, or sometimes, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, like, here, we will have, you will have your, you know, whatever ready for you in an hour. Oh, Daijobu. Yeah. You know. And you say, forget about it. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of one of those multi. It's kind of like aloha, where it has many different meanings depending on the context. Yes, but, yes. But it's kind of like you can just throw daijobu out there, and like people kind of laugh and go like, "Ah, oh, yeah, he gets it." I love it. Well, Chris, uh, that makes me want to go travel with you. I don't care where it is. Let's go. <laughs> um, and I didn't even get into the restaurants, which is just another. Oh my god, that's another reason to go. Yeah. Woo. Well, that's you just need another channel for that. Yeah, you'll you'll eat so good and for so cheap oh, over man. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, many more conversations to be had about this, I hope, with you. Um, we Anytime. need to uh, check in with Jared right now. That's right. Are we going to hop, hop we're gonna into get on the, the bullet train? No, we're going to hop it, into the Subaru it, brat. Subarashi uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Subaru. No, Subaru. <laughs> we got a cherry one imported from a, from a Subaru brat store in Osaka. <laughs> That's right. I, I owned a Subaru Brat at one time. Yeah, well, see, so you know then. Yeah, it was white with orange racing stripes. Perfect, and the and the jump seats in the back with the Oakley jump seats in the back with the, with the hand grips. grips. Yeah, 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 the grips. The, That's o- a- the Oakley three grips. That's what. <laughs> yep. No seat belts, but you did have yes. the grips. <laughs> Actually, they, they did have seat belts, but I think mine were like rotted away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jared, take it away. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's come to that time to the show where we're going to play a little game of. Would you rather this? Would you rather is from Double B, Bruce Bacon. And uh, it's called The Phoenix. 
The Guitar Knobs podcast has been deemed a significant influencer influencer by esteemed guitar manufacturers. Gibson and Ibanez have offered to create a limited run of a currently discontinued model. Now, this is just play. I work for Gibson. This is not true. I thought you worked for Ibanez. uh, No. (laughs) Each contract, but Ibanez is cool, right? Each contract stipulates a no-complete clause, so you can only rebirth one guitar. Actually, you will be choosing the color and hardware finish of this limited run. So, would you rather revive the Gibson ES-137 Classic or Prestige Line Ibanez Destroyer DT-555? Made in Japan <laughs> by Fujijin Geki. <laughs> now, this is going to be fun because we also, you know, we get to pick the color and you know all the uh, all the uh, the appointments. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we're not set like the, on that bridge that came on. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. What? But that's not the color. It's like you but know, they're going to make it knobs and all day. that stuff. Okay, but but like we're stuck with whatever the bridge is kind of yeah. thing. Okay. So let, let's just talk about really quick here. Um, the Gibson one ES-137 is uh, – Tony, describe that. I mean, it's uh, it's a kind of a – I would call it an entry-level jazz box, single cutaway, Florentine cutaway. Um, Florentine being – A sharp a, point. A sharp horn. Comes to a, a sharp, sharp, horn. sharp horn down below. Sharp horn. Um but yeah, I mean they're cool. I've I've owned a couple of 137s over the years, and they're they're I mean they're good guitars. And they're they're semi, and are they how deep are they? Uh they are. Uh, b- 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 I can't remember if they're shallow. They're right? not. They're they're uh, they're not the deep ones. Yeah, but they're not. They're the, one, they're I don't not think they're 335. I think they're a little thicker than okay, a 335. But they're still semi, so they got a block down the middle. There is no block in those. There's no block in if, those with the humbuckers? If I'm not mistaken, I do believe that Jordy from Killing Joke played an ES-137 as well as his one, um, you know, 295 and some other stuff. But I think he also had a 137. I vaguely recall that from an interview with him I did. Uh-huh. We did them in 2010. They're pretty in, – and we, we did some fancy uh, stuff to it, so – and you know, there's humbuckers. There's a uh, there's a veritone switch there. So I mean, hmm. you know, in truthful in real life, we have revived those. Yeah, but the ones that the ones that we're talking about right now aren't the uh, the rare ones. It's the it's the re the redo. Uh, so that, so yeah, that yeah, they're yeah. both at about twelve hundred, you know, two thousand dollars, something like that. Yeah, sure. Fair um, enough. Okay. So this is a, uh, a it's a it's it looks like a little bit bigger than a than a Les Paul, but not as big as a ES-335. Oh, it's as big as an It's a 335? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that body looks 335. It, it looks a little bit smaller, but that, okay, that's okay. Yeah, think of a single cutaway ES-335 with a Florentine. Right. So in theory, this is pretty off. cool if it's black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with a gold pickguard, right? Yeah, you know yes. it. Spark- gold sparkle pickguard. Yeah. Okay, then what's the other one? The, the other, other one, is- one is the Destroyer. Now the destroyer is kind of like a, um, it's an explorer. It's an explorer. It just I mean, ha- when you go to the original. Well, yeah, but but we're not talking about the so the original Ibanez destroyer was basically an explorer, right? Like just straight up. So yeah. let's talk about this five fifty whatever here. 
this, this is basically the, they did a variation of it that was the Phil Collin of Def Leppard model, right? Which is super cool, and that's the one that really, if you think of that guitar, that's what conjures it. So it's DT three okay. three hum three um uh, uh double cream humbuckers in the middle, gold hardware, uh, big block. Uh, pearl inlay and a gold uh what's that like rose or Kaler on there? Kaler. 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 And uh you know the 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 difference between this and like the Explorer is there's they, they did a couple little like mm-hmm. carves out of some of the some of the angles and it just gives a yeah. little a little Bird you know beak. weirdness that's kinda cool. Yeah. It's it's, it's Dean kinda cool. did something the same way. Kinda, yeah, but you know it's Dean. Yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> so well, I'm. <laughs> I, uh, well, I mean, yeah, you know, this Dean. is, you know, the, anyways, whatever. Okay, we're talking about these ones. Yeah. All right. Mm. Okay, here we go. Uh, Hon- Hondo did one too. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> yeah. So did Hamer. I mean, they. Uh, okay. Right. Tony. Yes. You go ahead and lead us off. Well, I mean. I'm I'm a bit more of a traditionalist. So I think I would probably go with a uh, orange metallic ES-137. An orange metallic? I don't know if to Gibson's going to do that for you. To go with the Guitar Knobs limited edition. Wow, that is very cool. Yes, with gold hardware. Yeah. Kind of like the V that I put together. Yeah, but on a V, that makes sense on this thing. You got a problem with that? I do. do. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I do. The Gretches are orange. Why not these? I know. But Why but not these, Tony? Why not these? And if you said transparent, like sixty-one that's one thing. But you're talking a metal flake with gold. Yeah. Mean, Come on, uh, do it hey, up. Hey, man, in your world, yeah, okay. In my world, all is well. Just, I love it. I think and, like and, with a, with a, and with a giant inlaid guitar knobs. Uh, logo on the headstock. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say like uh, you know the, the cash style uh, fret, <laughs> fretboard. Yeah. No knobs. No. Yes. No knobs. Okay. Um, oh, that cool. would be cool. No knobs. No knobs on the nu- <laughs> on the guitar knobs. <laughs> <Right>. Guitar. <laughs> Excellent. Oh lord. Um, Rob, how about yourself? Uh, I'm going to go with the Gibson as well. Um, but mine's not going to be god awful metallic orange. This is the Guitar Knobs. Uh, it's a Guitar Knobs so limited basically edition. It's I, be I, I understand what we're doing here. but Red, yeah. or I mean green. Red, green. Where, where did that Italian come from? Green. Yes. What is Christmas time? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> orange, orange, white, and black. So some combination of that. Yes. And gold. Oh, you mean... So so it they're making one for the show. Oh dear God! Did oh you were you God. not paying attention no, when Jerry no, no, was no, reading? No, no. He he said we whatever we could outfit it how we want it. Well, I was it's I was the guitar do... knobs limited edition. You know what? One in white would be cool. Yeah. Okay, that in white like a transparent white. So but you can what see else are you doing to it that's going to make it of the show? That's it. Okay. <laughs> and I'm putting P90s in mine. Maybe in really small inlay on the back of the headstock, but like the guitar knob. Put it in okay. pencil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put it in pencil. Yeah. It just says it just says ask me about amps on the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a chef. All right. Uh Jared about yourself. Um yeah, I 
It's got to be Sparkle Orange like Tony Balonsky. Well, and, and, and you got to say which guitar and keep in mind who you work for so you know. Yeah, of course, Gibson. I mean, the Destroyer does kind of look like a an Explorer. So, um, yeah, definitely the Gibson. Although, dude, the, the, that Destroyer is sick. The black with the double creams. It, it oh, is. so cool. It, it is. Um, Those must yeah. be DiMarzio pickups in there. Yeah, they are actually. Um, yeah, and they're cool. Yeah. So uh, okay, yeah, the, the Gibson ES three seventy five with with um, I tell you, I'm going to get one thirty seven, one thirty seven, not a three seventy five. And I'll do the uh, we'll do the black P nineties, um, and each knob will have the guitar knobs logo on the knob with the numbers it will go to 11 and uh yeah that's about it and with black black hardware not not chrome Ooh. or gold but it's going to be black hardware black, so black, black okay. it, ah, I yeah like black it. knobs and are the, the, oh yeah. okay the knobs are still black okay so you guys get the idea yeah. yeah okay chris uh you know where i'm going i know where you're going we're uh, <laughs> both going there <laughs> I've got to go with the Ibanez and the Fuji Gengaki. Yeah, and I, for me, you know, the as is black with the cream and the gold, it, it evokes so many of my favorite guitars of all time, whether it's Jeff Beck's Oxblood Les Paul or Al DiMiola's Elegant Gypsy Les Paul, Peter Frampton's Frampton Comes Alive Les Paul, you know, the Phil Collin guitar here as it is, uh, Lita Ford's Black Hammer. You know, one one of my bucket list guitars is a Greco, um, you know, destroyer Greco. Um, what do they call it? EX eight hundred. Uh, that's yeah. black finished with the cream pickups and the, the white, you know, um, pickup selector, you know, poker chip. Um, I, I just I I'm always looking for those. I see them from time to time, and they just I haven't found the one yet, you know. But that's just like a bucket list guitar for me. I just I love that motif. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, the only yeah. thing I would change, I would just go for a standard stop tailpiece, not a not a trim, because it's an Explorer. I'm sorry, an Explorer just you, you got to go for the grind. Agreed. You know. Yeah. Agreed. I, I yeah. think that's a that's a an accommodation that uh, they'd be willing to make. Cool. Well, I got to go the same route there, um, and it's I, I, I mean, I love it in black. I love it in black. Um, I think I gotta probably keep it in black. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where to work in a little bit of orange here, but the logo. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I I just I I really like it the way it is, but uh, orange orange binding. Oh my gosh, no, couldn't do that. <laughs> orange that, pickups. That'd be terrible. No, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Uh, Pumpkin I, I would go with uh, I go big. I, I, let's go big metal flake, heavy flake, heavy yeah. flake. Yeah, like size of a quarter. Big yeah. size of a quarter, <laughs> heavy flake. Uh, scales. Yeah, scales. Uh, orange. Why not? On it's, that guitar, it's an, it's an it outrageous looks guitar. Absolutely appropriate. Yeah, it'll, it'll be amazing. Why not? Uh, so we're gonna do that, I think. And, and but I'm gonna keep the. Uh, Ooh, actually, I'll keep the double creams, but do um, maybe black um, black rings. Mm. Yeah. 
No? Yeah, I don't know about that. Okay. Lost well, I'm trying to work it in, guys. Give me a break. No, definitely cream, cream. Cream, okay, cream, cream. Cream, cream. cream, cream. cream Anyways, cream. so uh, that's what I'm doing. But secretly, I just want a black one with all the, all the you know, cream. <laughs> uh, and, and now I kind of want to find one of these because it's, it's just so outrageous and cool. And I'm with you on that. I think a, just a stop tail would be cool. Woo, doggies. But I'd throw a Duesenberg on it just for fun. Hey, now. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. That was a super fun one, Bruce. Uh, very, very cool. I appreciate that. Um, and thanks for sending that in. Tony, we got to thank a few people and get on down the road to catch the bullet train out Oh, here. yes, we do, Todd, because at this point of the show, there's a very special group of people we love to thank. These are our executive producers. That's right. Now, an executive producer makes this show possible. How do you become nope. one? I don't know. Head over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple different levels in which you can participate, become a, a hero. A sponsor, a patron, an all-around nice person to the podcast. Yes. Each level comes with some very nice thank you gifts, including automatic entries into our special giveaway. Oh, yeah. We will have just given away the uh, Millions of things. The pedals, and we have a whole bunch more things. But as an executive producer, Todd, there's one thing more. What is it? You get to have your name right on the thing. That sounded nothing like Todd. Yeah, because he doesn't say it, I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Get your name right on the thing. That's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers. Vader in Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D., Richard Kendall, James White, Motander Guitars, Anthony Gemalero. Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterly, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hemmer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, James Bell, James Romer, Cameron Pampas, David Tyndall, Trevor Ellenberg and Christopher Logan. I love it. That's amazing, Tony. These are great things that are happening. Todd. Yes. There's more, though. Oh. What? There's more because there's a special group of executive producers. These are our Grand Poobas. They wear a fez upon their heads while listening to the podcast, you know. Yes. So special, special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups, Hex yep. Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison. Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. David Poe, Billy Spitfire Unlimited, Congregation Gear Demos, Paul Von Eppinger, Scott Sullivan, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups, Matt Hart, Enrico Fernando, and Moon Guitars. 
Uh, we truly thank you. And we, if you are considering becoming a, a how would they say that in Japan? What? Would we truly thank you. Arigatou gozaimasu. Yes. Thank you Arigato very much. Gozaimasu. Uh, to all of our poobahs, if you are considering being an executive producer or grand poobah, now's the time. Do it. Support our show. We will love you for it. Be a hero. Yes. Tajobo. Uh All right, Tony. Yes. We need to say thanks to Chris Gill. I thought for swinging we would probably do that and 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 helping us have a great time and learning about guitar stores in Japan and all that good stuff. Um, it's always a joy talking with you, Chris, and you're welcome back anytime. Oh, my pleasure. I, I, can, I can go on for days about this stuff. I, I got to take you guys over one of these days. It's just we're going to have to do it. I'm up. I'm up for it. My hand yep. is raised. Yep. Cool. Let's do it. It's a bucket list of mine. I, I got to go. Oh, you my gotta, gosh. You got to go. You definitely got to go. I mean, now yeah. it's a great time because the exchange rate. Oh, my God. You know, it just it's it's like going to the most amazing futuristic first world country with below third world prices right now. Wow. Mm. We'd probably get some kind of special tour like celebrities get at Disneyland if we brought Jared over Brought there. Jared, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could charge admission. Oh, my gosh. That'd be amazing. We'd have our own train. I, they love me, man. <laughs> They'd all go I'm... running. Would, would we have to put him in, uh, in a uh, sumo wrestler outfit, though? We'd have to lay him down <laughs> and then get a whole bunch of people to, like, you know, put him in horizontally. <laughs> Yeah. You mean like every building we go into? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. You are Just more than welcome. Always always a blast. Uh, like I said, you know, I, I can talk about this subject, go on and on. I, we've only scratched the surface here. It, it, this country is so damn deep. You know, I'm still discovering stuff after I get back, always. Like, I, if I went around the corner, I would have discovered this. You know, it's just like, oh, my gosh. Too true. Too true. If, if people want to learn more of your travels and other things, where, where can you, they go? Where can they go? Uh, well, there's my Instagram page, uh, Chris Gill, VH Writer. Uh, I'll put stuff out there occasionally. Also, my I, I promise to put more stuff on my YouTube page, which is Professor Gill's Guitar Gear Galaxy. Um I've got my Fender flagship store video up there. I plan on putting up my Shinokubu video very soon. I plan on putting up an Ocho Nomitsu, uh, an Osaka tour video. So I've got about four or five guitar-related videos coming up probably next couple months. And a new book on the way, so we need to be uh, looking out for that. You'll give us yeah, a heads may, up, that right? That may be a while. So. Okay. okay. Yeah, but hope, fingers crossed we get this thing going off the ground. We're working on it. Planting the seeds. Yes. All right, Tanya, where yeah. can people find you? Head over to PickGuardian.com. Check out some of the things that I have available online. But by and large, what I do is custom work. Custom work. Yes, make your guitar mm -hmm. even more yours. Even more guitar-y. Okay, uh, that should be a shop over there, guitar-y. Guitar okay, oh, uh, Rob. Yes, Todd. Where can people find you? Instagram, Mad Countification, Facebook, OnlyFans. Again with that. Again with that. Yes. yes. I want to create. Make like uh, extra five dollars a month. It's That'd just great. It's just pictures of, of one soldering irons. Tony. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you want to see so some hot. hot soldering irons? Go over there. Yeah. All right, uh, Jared. About yourself. Not only fans or TikTok. You won't find me there. Uh, you will find me on Jeez. Instagram. How do we get? Jared. Jared.allen.brandon. And uh, you can send me a message if you want to get a hold of me. 
All right. With enthusiasm. All right. Uh, let's see. You can shoot me an email at Todd at the guitar knobs.com. You can also hit me up directly on Instagram, which tends to work the best, if I'm being honest, at guitar knobs. Love to hear what's going on with you, what you think of the show. Share us your would you rathers. Bruce Bacon's not the only guy that can come up with stuff for Pete's sakes or Bob Crouch. You know, come on there. Yeah, I know you got some good ones, so send them our way. Uh, also, check out the Valentino's mm-hmm. band, my band, uh, on the Spotify and everywhere else that you can stream things. If you like some hard driving rock and roll, do they do custom work? We do. Cu- we only do custom work. <laughs> yes, actually, we. The, hey, that Rolling Stones cover we did is hot right now. We're getting good numbers on it, which I'm excited about. Nice. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, that. Let's just uh, keep it moving. Oh, protect your knobs. Get the stomper for your HX stomp. Stomp. There's stomp. people in Japan. We know you're using the stomper because you don't have amps in your rooms. So yep. get a get one of those from from FlintEffects.com. Dog on it. Yes. Everybody, this has been a super fun time, hasn't it, boys? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you know, cue applause and all that <sighs> stuff. All right. <sighs> Chris, thanks again. And uh, have a fantastic Guitar Week, everybody. And subscribe! Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going to Baloney's this week. I'm just going to leave that <laughs> in. Welcome back, Jared. <laughs> Did I tell you about the Mellotron pedal, the Mel 9? Yes. Yes. Is that the pedal? Well, then let me tell... <laughs> I did tell you... Ooh, trail mix. Can we rattle the bags? That's why I bought it. <laughs> Remember a few weeks ago when you said, oh, no, save it for the next one? Yes. I forgot I forgot what it was. That That's, it was, that's it was your a, thing? Well, that's was, great, Jared. Thanks for sharing, buddy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh... All right, Jared should be joining us, and when he does come in, do we we all know what he's gonna do? Test, 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 test. Is it is it like three books long or what? No, I even spread all the sentences out for you so you don't get tripped up. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> Here's a sentence: space. Here's the sentence, space. It's perfect. The phoenix. Does it say the word space? No. <laughs> that would have been hilarious, though. <laughs> space. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. One Rob, of Todd's earliest earmops, jobs. Earmuffs, Rob. Earmuffs. <laughs> what? Yes. Already doing? Put that stuff away. Test. You uh, bastard. I'll stop. There the it show. is. Hey. Hey. Nice test. Yay. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. We're not going there. Time out, time out, time out. We're not. No, 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 no. Hang on. No sex, no drugs, no wine, no women, no fun, no sin, no you, no wonder it's dark. Okay. Anyways. Jared, what did you have for breakfast? I had nothing. Just emptiness and coffee. So I, think I feel like I just entered somebody's phone conversation. <laughs> you you did. Much. You did. Oh. Yeah. Um, yes. No. Okay, Jared, how you doing? What's up? What's up? Good. Good. <laughs> What's up? What's up? I'm good. I'm good. Good. All right. Good. You, s- go. you sound like you're coming from where Chris is in Jersey. Well, then let me share a different pedal with the group. <laughs>
that I got. He's just, he's just going car. through a box of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Have I it's talked to you about my quad? I swear to God. Test. Yeah. This is the Rowan. Yeah, we uh, talked. To, remember when he was on? We talked about that. How stoned yeah. are you? I'm not stoned at all. <laughs> I didn't think it was legal down there in Tennessee. <laughs> and away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.